I think everybody should vote to see if they like the uh, the the theme music, but especially you. Like you're you're the, you're the most important vote here. So you know, I was talking with Doctor Z, and, and certainly if you don't know who I am, we will get into that in a second. Uh, but uh, Doctor Z, is it true you're a big like Prince fan? You're a big Duran Duran fan, The Smiths, stuff like that, right? Yes. Okay, so this is what I, I was am. thinking. I mean, this is a little this is a little M eighty three. I don't ish sounding, but but I think here's but, here's her first choice off the bat, and I think every week we'll just we'll we'll test them out and we'll we'll stick with one. But so excited, everybody's joining us for our first podcast here in a second. All right, takes a little slow build. moving a little. I like it. Yeah? I like it. Okay. I think I think maybe we'll it's stick good. with this one. Yeah, yeah. All right. I like that. All right. We are, yeah, we're getting a taste. We're getting a taste. So I love it. I love <laughs> I just it. Think we, should do a, we should do a different Prince song every week. That's fine, too. And you know what? If they sue us, <laughs> so be it. So be it. We all need it on Sunday night. So um, I'm glad that, uh, glad that we could be here, Dr. Z. This has been like a, a year in the making. We're not going to call them episodes. We're going to call them sessions. Our first, uh, our first session on Sunday nights here, doctors. Just tell everybody what, what we kind of have in store here. Yeah. So that was my slip up. I said session one. I meant episode one, but then session kind of stuck because it just sounds right. So yes, session yes. one, session one. Um, so yeah, we've been trying to get our act together with this for over a year. Yeah, I think, um, and we had good intentions, but it just kept falling through. Everybody's stressed. <laughs> everybody's anxious. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Um, but we finally got our acts together and we have been talking for so long about kind of doing a podcast that's, you know, kind of in line with how I post real raw, no bullshit to the point, tell it like it is, make it relatable, kind of take these concepts, and make them usable, make them user friendly, make them behavioral, make them measurable so that you actually know you're doing better rather than just feeling better. Um, and, you know, we'll get into that. But this is something I think that is important to both of us. Um, and I'll let you explain kind of why you decided to do this and how we, our worlds collided. Yes. Um, but basically, I just think this is super important for people to have access to. Um, in the beginning of the pandemic, I kind of pushed a little bit more with Insta stories and things like that because things I was reading, they were helpful, but at the same time, they were they were confusing because here we are in the middle of a pandemic and we're getting things like try to be positive, positive vibes only. And we're in a pandemic. So I think <laughs> yes. it was important to, you know, normalize that people were feeling crappy and then it just kind of took off from there. So um, if anything, what I want people to get from this is that it's okay to feel crappy and normalize it, give them strategies, help them identify. Do they even know when they're feeling crappy and, 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 you know, yeah, and, and and that's uh, when when me and Doctor Z met. It was on a fantastic podcast called "Making the Breast of It," where uh, we had three of our basically best friends that were going through a lot and uh, got them to, you know, tell their stories. And I felt pretty empowered by that. And honestly, um, Doctor Z got invited a couple of times to that podcast, and I was, you know, behind the doing what I'm doing now, behind on the the ones and twos, and making sure everybody sounds good, and looks good, and all that's fun stuff. And what 
Dr. Z was saying on that podcast resonated with me. I was like, wait a second. I was like, she's talking about a lot about anxiety and all these other different things and, you know, how physical pain might just be something incredibly mental and all this. And it started falling in line because at the time, very, very high pressure job. There's a lot of things that are going on. I have a ton of life changes over the last two or three years and just trying to identify like what that like something feels different. Something's been accelerated. And uh, Dr. Z got me to find out. I was like, hey, man, you've got anxiety and like probably a bunch of other stuff that you, have, that you didn't realize <laughs> you were been carrying with you since you're like 16, 17, 18. I think, I think I diagnosed you on podcasts. Yeah, you did. I was like, you're like, I'm pretty sure you fit in these categories because like everything you were saying was lining up with all my behavioral patterns and things like that. So that's when I was just like, OK. And then, you know, you're an Instagram star already and, and seeing everything that you're kind of promoting each day. Uh, like you were saying, like normalizing a lot of these things, especially for men in general, is is not very welcome. It, it, it's just not it's still it's not a discussion It's getting better. I think there's a lot of people that uh, misdiagnose or like misread exactly what their anxiety is giving them, whether that's anger or whether that's, you know, different types of emotions where we go to in terms of drug use or alcohol and things like that, because men are supposed to stay so bottled up. And I, I know that's, like I said, that's changing, but um, I think there's a lot of people like me and a lot of others that don't have outlets, that don't have places to go, that can't have questions answered specifically about what they're going through. And I think I can be you, the audience. I think I like, I'm, I'm, I'm right along on the ride with, with Dr. Z and everything that she's telling me, because we're all going through the same things. The pandemic happens and, you know, that's what happened. The podcast is all, I was like, okay, great. We're getting to a place. And then boom, everything got shut down. Right. 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 right when we're all right. looking for help at the same time. So everything went to crap. Yes. 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 <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, I don't believe that it's acceptable in a lot of things. And, and certainly there is a ton to unpack. So it's going to take more than one session. We want to kind of focus each session kind of being like, all right, what is, what does this mean? What is this telling me? What is that doing? And uh, use them. I, I hate to, you know, th throw this out here so loosely, but honestly, sessions and therapy sessions for all of us, as many nuggets as we can absorb at once. And then maybe if we want to go further, we can get those recommendations to seek deeper help and things like that, because, you know, this leads to a lot of, in, especially in relationships and, and others, I think anxiety becomes uh, such a horrible negotiating and compromising tool when we're, when we're going through yes. a lot of this. And that's not what tonight's about because, you know, we just kind of want to learn about what, what more that is, but does that make sense to you, Dr. Z just correct where we really just that's want to try and mainline therapy as, as, as best as we possibly can with the tools that we are provided in our, in our respective yes. jobs and stuff like that. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I, it kind of goes back to what I was saying that taking these kind of very, vague, um, you know, love yourself. Well, what, what does that how? even, how? <laughs> yes. I, I want to love myself, but like, what does that even look like? Do you even know what loving yourself looks like? And does loving yourself change from when you're 16 to 25 to 35 to right. 55? You know, our, our view of ourselves shifts, our mood shift, everything is, is fluid. Everything's in flux constantly. And so I just find those kind of statements almost a little invalidating a little bit, not saying you shouldn't love yourself. Obviously you should, but there's going to be times where it's hard to, and that's, that's okay. Right. And I want people to know it's okay. It's it like all of what you're feeling is 
okay. And I want this to be, you know, these sessions to, to be um, basically my lives, but in conversation form and breaking them down even further um, so that people feel like they have some general strategies, general tools that make sense, mm-hmm. not psycho babble, not kind of like um, just these vague, um, you know, it'll be better. It'll get better. It'll not helpful. Yes. Um, yeah. And, 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 and there's, and this is a perfect example too, is, is everybody's joining in and this is what's great is because you're going to get a little bit of the different when we're live, as opposed to when you're going to hear this in podcast form, which will be here the next day. So if you miss anything, it's okay. We know we got a lot of things that are going on, but you know, I guarantee you there's a, there's a lot of discussion to go on Sundays from, from eight to nine. Um, Joey's pointing it out here. It says, yes, my, my father uh, committed suicide. And I'm sorry to hear that Joey. Uh, because he didn't know how to handle that undiagnosed bipolar since uh, he's an 80s baby and his son. Thankfully, I figured it out tomorrow. He's got an interview for uh, peer support to help others. And I think that's fantastic. And yes, it's that it's that kind of energy. And I think that's where I'd like to start more or less, because I I feel as though I can relate to Joey in a lot of different ways. I feel as, you know, my my grandparents with their whatever they passed to my parents and so on, no one talked about mental health with with my parents' generation growing up, no. and and I don't think they gave enough credit. Uh, nor do I see it in my siblings and cousins and in everything else, where where it's just kind of sitting there. No one really wants to discuss it. In uh, just bringing up what Joey said, if someone's bipolar, if someone has anxiety, th- there's never enough credit to it. Everybody thinks they can just kind of get over it and plow through, but you know. Just like you taught me very early on, those things lead to heart attacks. Those things lead to bad decisions, horrible sleep, which leads to, you know, completely yep. bad decision making and, and other other, you know, things that kind of pop up from that. So how, how do we how do we try to identify what our anxiety is telling us? And in my experience, most of the time, it's it's telling me something that I'm I'm not comfortable either because of my knowledge, my sleep or or. Right whatever it is. So how do we, how do we identify what our anxiety is trying to tell us here? So I think first, first and foremost, so anxiety, and I, and I say this, and if I forget to say this, um, just remind me to talk about why anxiety affects us physically and physiologically. Oh, because I, I don't will, think because it definitely does it to me. <laughs> so, so I think that, you know, when anxiety is a very normal emotion, and it's a naturally occurring emotion. So there's nothing we can do about it. Our we have we need anxiety. If we didn't have anxiety, then none of us would be motivated to do literally anything. We would cross the street and not look both ways. We wouldn't run if somebody was chasing us down the street. Anxiety is a way to to learn about the environment around you. And anxiety is a way to determine whether or not you're safe. And and that's the function of anxiety from an evolutionary perspective. If we didn't have anxiety, we'd be in worse shape than when we have anxiety, to put it bluntly. So um, anxiety, we need it. And there's nothing we can do we're going to have it because if we don't have it, then we we would, like I said, cross the street and not even think to look both ways. Just right get hit by car. So um, with that in mind, trying to not feel anxious, you're literally 
fighting against your body. And what ends up happening is the reason why anxiety sometimes feels like this overwhelming adrenaline, just kind of gut punch is because when we're taking in information about our surroundings to determine whether we have, um, you know, have to be nervous or not or worried or careful, sometimes what happens is we misinterpret benign or neutral things as dangerous. And our mm-hmm. brain interprets it as you're in danger. And so t- in order to protect us from this perception of danger, and it's not like, oh, I, you know, I see, um, you know, I, I see someone walking down the street. I think they're scary. Let me get anxious. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. This happens automatically. So, you know, if you're conditioned to be fearful of certain patterns of behavior, certain triggers, it's your body's kind of almost, I don't want to say hardwired, but but wired to to feel that panic or feel that rush of anxiety. So our brain takes it in, processes it incorrectly as us being in danger when the situation really is benign or neutral, and there is nothing to be scared of. And oftentimes, what it is is growing up, right, in the house that you were in, in the dynamics of your family that were that you were in. Let's say that every Friday night you know, your dad came home drunk Mm -hmm. and Friday nights you knew were going to be really bad. Let's say you knew they were going to be violent. They were going to be emotionally abusive, physically abusive. There's going to be so much emotion. So you as a kid go to your room Friday night, shut the door, lock yourself in, wake up Saturday and pray for it to be over. Right. Right. So those patterns of behavior of avoiding that, that, stuff that you don't want to be it was a survival mechanism it helped you get through childhood it helped you survive your house it helped you survive what you were living in because you didn't have really any other control except to remove yourself from the situation right and so for example that pattern then later in life can generalize to a whole bunch of different things let's say you have a boss that seems very um kind of intimidating or scary right your brain may inappropriate, incorrectly process that as that's my parents fear, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yes, right. But it's not like you're saying he reminds me of my dad. It's it. Your brain kind of processes it, and so then you respond to the current situation in a way that you did to the prior situation. But that response is no longer necessary because you're not in danger now. And it's important, you know, this is what I do with patients in therapy is help them determine what their patterns are. So when you say, what do you look for? How do you know you're anxious? That's way too complicated for somebody who doesn't understand patterns of behavior, which you shouldn't, Um, you know, just like I have no idea how podcasts are streamed and why you own a media company and I don't. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, so you know, um, but initially, if you don't have that awareness, how on earth do you know you're anxious? People assume that feeling anxious means panic. That's just a very, very, very tiny, tiny part of anxiety. Anxiety can look like crying, fatigue, um, difficulty sleeping, ding, difficulty ding, eating, ding, ding. <laughs> right. John, 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 <laughs> feeling like you can't breathe, feeling yeah. like you can't get motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, and also anxiety and depression are best friends. They don't 
go anywhere without each other. So a lot of people get so hung up on the label. Am I anxious or am I depressed? This is why I say I'm not, I, I, and for those of you that follow me or for those of you that work with me, you know that I focus on the behavioral part. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter if it's anxiety or depression. It really doesn't matter. You call it Call it hot dogs for all I care. Like, it doesn't matter what all label right. you're using. I will. From like, now on, I'm referring to to all that as hot dogs. There you go. Done. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right? Like, I feel I feel very hot doggy right now. It, it doesn't matter what you call it. The point is, is that you're avoiding feeling uncomfortable. And how are you doing that? You're avoiding it by not socializing with people. You're mm -hmm. avoiding it by staying up all night, worrying, trying to solve this master problem, but really you haven't done anything because you've been sitting in your bed for an hour. You haven't actually done anything. Or been pacing so, back and right, forth and being like, you know, yeah, to, yeah it's, it's ridiculous. Right. I hate it. So what, actually yeah. we should have a, we should have a session on worry in and of itself because worry actually is an avoidance strategy. People session think it's two. problem solving. It's not. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, things like that are, are easy to determine that are anxiety, but, but let's say for example, that you taught, you were taught growing up that you suck it up. You don't show any emotions, get over it, move on. You know, let's, let's get your act together. You're not going to be telling people that you are sad, panicky, worried. And when people hold that stuff in a couple things happen and think this is what happened to you. Yeah. If I'm stressed or I'm anxious, my body's going to release something called cortisol. It's our stress hormone. Okay. And what you just looked so impressed with that. <laughs> no, yeah, I was just, no, I was just like, yep. Going to have to Google that cortisol. <laughs> cortisol. Yeah. So, I'm going to, I'm going to do that for everybody. And we'll just have a list of words that we need to Google at the end of each session. Yes. It'll be great. Yeah. Yes. So, and when our body releases more <laughs> stress hormone, um, certain things happen. Like you are, your heart, you know, your body's going to think it's in danger. Your mm -hmm. heart's going to beat faster. Your stomach's going to be in knots. You're going to sweat. Your breathing's going to be shallow. Your muscles are going to tense up yes. like this. Your jaw is going to clench. And it is a proven fact. This is, you know, no BS with this. It is a proven fact. Increase cortisol levels. Increase your risk for cancer heart disease, mm. stomach problems, neurological conditions. So it's not so it's not as simple as, you know, um, I'm so stressed. You're, you're literally releasing a chemical in your body that puts you at risk for real physical conditions. So, you know, you, you, someone said no dopamine either. Yes. Well, right. <laughs> yes. So, so I, I, I'll, I'll, throw that in really quickly. So if you're withdrawing, right, if you're avoiding people, you don't want to socialize, you think they're talking badly about you, you always assume the worst, that they hate you and that you said the word the wrong. And now you're worried about you said the wrong for the next four hours. And, you know, everyone's talking about you. So you avoid situations because you don't want to feel discomfort. Mm -hmm. And so what ends up happening is you deprive yourself of connection, physical connection, physical connection releases a chemical called dopamine, which makes us feel good. So it's, if you want to break it down to actual just physical stuff, yes, there's chemicals that are directly involved with this. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, 
they do their thing. And so we can't, we, you can hide it, you can push it down all you want, great, but don't assume that that means that your body isn't doing those things because it is. Right. Right. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is why people will, you know, I have people, I, ca- I cannot tell you how many patients I get from gastro docs, ENTs, and the ER. Why? Interesting. ER because they think they're having a heart attack when it's a panic attack. Gastrodocs because they're being diagnosed with IBS. Mm-hmm. They're being diagnosed with some sort of unknown inflammation. And I'll talk about inflammation. Um, and, you know, or heartburn or um, a buzzing in their ear that doesn't go, a ringing in their ear that doesn't go away. Jaw clenching, which affects the TMJ, which then affects your... I keep so, checking a lot of the things off that you're saying too, by the yeah. way. <laughs> Right. Like I know when I get stressed, I get migraines and I had to get treated for TMJ. I had to wear a thing in my mouth for 10 months. You know, I didn't think I was that anxious. I mean, forget that it was right after a third kid and you know, that that didn't matter. I was was fine. Right. So (laughs) then I got TMJ. So of course, yeah, I'm totally fine. It was fine. It was totally fine. So, um, but, but you know, it's, the other thing that happens is when you are stressed and anxious and your body's releasing all these chemicals and stuff and, and your muscles are tight, there's a lot of inflammation that's also going on in your body. And there is, it, you know, that's where kind of the research is headed. There's a lot of information out there about how our gut and inflammation in the gut is responsible or at least looking like it's responsible for anxiety, depression, because it sends chemicals up here. And then the chemical, you know, so um, there was, I even went to a conference, this was a long time ago, but I went to a conference. um, It was on uh, dementia and um, cognitive decline, Alzheimer's. And a lot of the research they were presenting talked about it possibly being like a gut problem. Why? Because of inflammation. Why? Because of stress and anxiety. Mm -hmm. So, you know, IBS, it's no coincidence that people get flare-ups or people get autoimmune flare-ups when they're stressed and that's because of the inflammation so yeah. uh, you know if you want to repress all the anxiety not acknowledge it that's fine but your body will and your body will do it for you and there's nothing that you can do about that part of it it will come out it will yeah as and, you said lack of sleep or something and it all kind of wraps itself up into one one thing and that's yeah. that's more or less what happened to me is just because it was it just came the you know especially in the gut like and now that's a, that's a problem i'm dealing with probably every <laughs> single day if not every other day it's either in the morning or at night it's just and uh, I have a newborn daughter as well so like sometimes yes. more, which is yes. like amazing and we'll get into all that too but it happened to me the other night where it's out of nowhere and it's not a creep up of pain. It's just boom. It's right in your, excuse me for flaring out there. Uh, me, the, it's like a rock that hits you right at the bottom of your tummy. And it's almost like a string that pulls at the same time. And now you have all this nausea and you have nowhere to place it, nowhere to go. I get, and there is a lot of people that are in the chat that are kind of having some of the similar questions towards that. It's here. It's impacted in whatever category you were saying migraines, whatever it is. It's there. How do we turn that off? How do we how do we cope with that? How do we get over that hump so we can go? 
okay, what the hell was that? And and right. how, how do we lessen those physical pains as they keep coming up in yeah. our life at random times? So the only way that those physical symptoms, so there's two ways that people go with this. Yeah. One is they get seen by specialist after specialist after specialist <laughs> and nobody ever refers them to a psychologist. By and the way, just not, not to cut you off, blood test, CAT scan, the whole everything. thing. Thought I had cancer, thought it because yeah. there's rapid uh, weight loss. Everyone Sorry. freaked out for a second for like the first 20 pounds yes. and all that other stuff. So yes, it's it's it happens yes. all the time. Absolutely. And so, you know, I, I, I had so many patients I, over the years that I was literally the last person that they were referred to. Unreal. I should have been the second. And so when you say, how do we do this? The first thing is educating primary care doctors on, okay, so maybe it is irritable bowel syndrome and that's triggered by inflammation, triggered by anxiety, stress. Let's see what's going on. Let's refer you for a consult, one consult. So I usually end up being the last person. I should be one of the first people. Um, so I think part of it is educating specialists and educating doctors, not because they don't, they don't get it. It's just, I don't think it's in the forefront of their, of their minds, you know, with insurance and how health insurance works, they're seeing patients so quickly, so quickly. And mental health is the stuff that falls to the side because it's not tangible. It's not something you can see in a lab report. You can look at certain levels and it may be indicative of anxiety, but it's the kind of thing where if you don't say it, some a lot of these symptoms could just be written off as just medical. And then you end up with somebody on blood pressure medicine and, and you know, um, I don't even know, everything under the sun when it doesn't need to be that way. Um, now, I'm not saying people who don't have high blood don't need medication. I'm just saying that I think we can, I have had patients in this situation and as they got better and as they realized a lot of these symptoms could be decreased by working through anxiety and depression or trauma, um, they didn't need to be on these crazy medications for GI symptoms and you know, migraine you know what the problem I think the the disconnect between that two and and obviously that's I think that's yeah. the major part of the problem is is regular doctors not acknowledging the therapy part of it um it's also I think the willingness of all of us to accept that it's a mental thing and it's not yes. a physical thing because the physical thing is so present you know I think that's it's on us as I well yeah, and that's why I focus a lot on the chemical aspect, as ridiculous as it sounds, because sometimes people have a much easier time with understanding how their muscles are being triggered, how chemicals are being released in certain ways. It's easier for them to focus on that. So if you need to focus on cortisol levels, you know, or um, your gut and, you know, what's going on in there, fine. I don't, like I said, hot dog. I don't, I don't care. There's the name of our session. Hot, hot dog. There it is. Hot dog. Uh, <laughs> you said organic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. No, this is, that's what I'm saying. Episode one, the hot dog. Yeah. Right. So, um, but, and then, you know, the other route that people go, um, is that they, they focus on the physical, they, they focus on the stress. I have mm. stress and they never make the connection between the two. So they're in my office for stress. And then as they progress and they work through the anxiety, their physical symptoms decrease. Um, so how do you, what do you do? So one of the things I heard you say was, how do we stop it? 
Mm-hmm. Here's the problem with that. Language. Cope, I guess I should say, because we're never going to be able to stop it. But how do we, how do we, how do I, we identify it quicker, I guess. How do we identify it quicker so that it doesn't lead us to heart disease, to risks for cancer, you know, um, to difficulty sleeping, which impacts our concentration. And then everybody thinks they have ADHD and then they go on. Med- <laughs> <laughs> so, um, first, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, you just said something because that's, I've been, you telling me that ADHD and anxiety don't really correspond? I think ADHD is overly diagnosed Ooh. when really it's anxiety. And then you put someone with anxiety on a stimulant medication, their anxiety is going to oh. go through the roof. Yes. Yes. Okay. It, it, fantastic information, honestly, because that is, I am sure that there are many like me that have gone through that same process and thought they had both because things at the same time. Guess what happens when you have anxiety and depression? Guess what? cognitively. If you think of your brain as a pizza, pizza and hot dogs. You think of your brain as a pizza. <laughs> a pizza and hot dog session one. There you go. <laughs> you, <laughs> you think of your brain as a pizza and you think of it as slices. If you are worried about finances and having a new baby and um, your physical health and you're worried about your relationship relationships. Your that pizza is all your slices are filled up. Maybe except for this one little tiny child-sized slice. That means that you have this tiny amount of space left in your brain cognitively, cognitive resources to take in new information and process it effectively so that you can hold it in your working memory, figure it out and then store it where it needs to go. If you only have this much, guess what's going to happen when you go to read a book? or you go to watch something on TV, or someone's telling you a story, or you're trying to find your keys, you don't know where the hell you left them, or you drive through a red light because you're not paying attention. (laughs) That's what happens with anxiety. So you go to your primary care doctor and you say, I can't concentrate at work, I can't remember what I'm reading, I can't focus, I can't attend to information, I think I have ADHD. And then, ah, so you want to really make sure that you understand it. I'm not saying it's not ADHD. I'm just saying that you always want to rule out anxiety and depression first, because as those symptoms improve, those slices become, they, they come back. And so then you have so many more cognitive resources to attend to things. And then what do you know? Your memory gets better. Your attention gets better. Concentration gets better. And if you don't realize that sometimes then you're on a stimulant, which is going to rev you up, which is not good for the, your anxiety. Yeah, um, and, and by the way, like I break that rule every morning because I drink. And you can have both. Several, Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I, and, you can and have both. I, uh, but like even just as simple as you don't think of it. I mean, I live my life on coffee because of the the hours that I keep through. You know, I was I'm very much a radio podcasting broadcasting professional and. You got to be all over the place at once. So having coffee as a part of your life, having all these other different stimulants, you don't realize yeah. how much that is really affecting your mental health. And yes, because it's it. it everybody just says you're a chicken shit. Like, hey, just put up with it. You're right. soft. You're this. You're that. You're whatever. And, right. and some of those words I still kind of carry around, which is really ridiculous. But yeah, yeah, I mean, coffee as a stimulant is horrible for anxiety. Horrible. Correct. And I still haven't That's- kicked that habit yet because I need to stay awake. <laughs> you yeah, know, like right, right, right. Um, so yeah, so so you you want to as far as identifying it and what you do with it, 
like I said, you can't get rid of it. You can't get over it because again, if we didn't have anxiety at all, we'd be dead. So there's, if you think of anxiety on a curve like this and motivation, no anxiety, nothing, motivation level is very minimal. Then you kind of get to here where just enough anxiety gives you just enough motivation, just enough functioning. And then what you get here is too much anxiety and your performance goes way down. So you have to find that balance in the middle. And that's what I work with people on is, you know, people think I they, they avoid the situation that makes them anxious. That's actually not what you're avoiding. What you're avoiding is the fear of being uncomfortable. You're avoiding the internal discomfort that you think you're going to have. It's not the situation. And that's where when I say we label these neutral things as dangerous, you're not you're not avoiding the bridge that you're scared to drive over. You're avoiding the anxiety that you think you're going to have when you're driving over it. Right. So that's like a phobia, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, So I work with people on sitting with that discomfort and realizing and changing your brain because Mm -hmm. you can rewire your brain. Um, You learn to sit with this discomfort Nothing scary around you happens. Eventually, over time, you realize those feelings are not threatening. You habituate to them, which means you get used to them. Are they still there? Yeah, but it's like a car radio. You turn the volume down. The anxiety is there because it's a normal occurring emotion, but it's not debilitating. We we kind of turn it down a little bit, if that makes sense. No, it it makes complete sense. And that's something that I like to, I, uh, Carrie, who you're, if you're listening or watching this right now, you're going to, you're going to hear that name so much. She's like the most amazing person in my life and uh, my my everlasting partner and all those fun things. And that's this phrase that I kind of came up with hers. You got to feed the beast every now and again. And like the beast is the anxiety to kind of push you to that point. And by the way, if people are telling you you're crazy or you're too motivated or your motor's too high or any of that stuff, that's what they mean by the way. So don't make people feel or don't make people feel like they're, they're, trying to change your your drive or any of that stuff because a lot of people don't like to go into that uncomfortable spot and push yes. it and push it and push it. Correct. And I love doing that. That's like what motivates me in the yes. morning to try and whatever that is, my challenge for this, this, and that is like, hey, and if you don't get yeah. this done, you're an epic failure. Like don't don't get to that point. Right. But but right. feed that every now and again if you're really passionate about something or you think you can go and do something like that's I think that's why Dr. Z and I are doing this too. Like that's, it's part of that. It's making like, making, making sure that you know exactly uh, when, when to, I love that. Turn the volume down and when to turn Mm -hmm. it on because Mm -hmm. I think there's a, there's a lot of people even, even in the chat right now. And this is something that I'd, I'd love to get into just before, you know, um, we we make sure we have enough time is there's a lot of people. I'm looking for my phone charger. Oh, (laughs) sorry. If she goes out, it's okay. We'll just, we'll, we'll. You know, do a push-up contest and, whole, uh, and a whole bunch of other fun stuff. Uh, but uh, you know, I mean, people people are saying they've, they've tried a lot of different things. It, whether it's meds, yeah. whether it's DPT, whether it's ECT, uh, meds make me feel like zombies and things like that. I I can't. I'm not here recommending this to everybody. It's just you got to find your own thing. But uh, something that I wanted to say to everybody that's listening and watching this is. Um, I, I did sign up and I'm just, you know, using this to show everybody. 
I am a certified medical marijuana patient from the state of Pennsylvania. I think that. Wait, is- and, and can you can you hold that picture oh, yes. up again? I'm sorry. Because yes, that I, is, that's me. By the way, that I, is. That I, is I me want now. everyone to see this massive transformation that John has made in the last year, and not because he necessarily went on a diet. Yeah. He worked through his anxiety <laughs> and depression, which guess what? Reduces inflama- inflammation allows you to lose weight faster, even without yeah. trying. You're eating healthier. Everything's flowing and working better. Um, so, yeah. You know. and, and just like you said, there are, depending on your use of the medical marijuana in general, like there's different strands for different That's- types of things. So for me in general, if you have a lot of anxiety that you're carrying around a lot, I definitely recommend Indica's because that's what soothes your body at the end of the day. It's what shuts me off at night. It's also what gives me an appetite in the morning. And I kind of carry it around like an EpiPen just in case, you know, yeah. things get really yeah. dramatic and, t- yeah. and I really need to turn down the volume. So that I, I'm not recommending to everybody, like, but but I would, I would say that that has helped more people that have come along with it. And since Pennsylvania has kind of opened that up. Um, yeah. it's something that we honestly use in a tincture for, uh, my two stepsons, which have a, f- a version of autism called Fragile X. And like, I never would have even considered using marijuana because I'd never did my entire life, uh, until we started under, until I started understanding the great principles in which it, it can help you with this. So I didn't know if you had any kind of takes on that in general meds versus yeah. all, all of that stuff. So I think, hold on, I'm I'm plugging my charger. (laughs) Look at her, under pressure, she's finding phone chargers. John's helping her out, it's fantastic. Got it, I did it, I got it, okay. All right, so, so yeah, so as far as medical marijuana goes, um, I have people that I refer to to evaluate them for um, medical marijuana to see if it would be helpful. So, um, Obviously, there's varying opinions on this. Not everybody is in, you know, thinks that it's a good idea, you know, and, and that's fine. Everyone's entitled to their opinions. Personally, I would so much rather one of my patients have used medical marijuana that's controlled, that's, you know, based on their diagnosis and, yeah. um, it, you know, a specific reason for taking it. Then take a benzodiazepine, Ativan, Clonopin, Xanax every day because those types of medications should not be taken every day because they have what's called rebound anxiety where mm-hmm. if you take them every day, your anxiety is going to rebound that much higher. Those types of medications are used where like I don't want to fly so let me take half an Ativan or um, you know, I get really nervous in long car rides. And so, you know, obviously not while you're driving, but so I'm going to take half an Ativan so I fall asleep. These are the types of medications that are taken sparingly. I cannot tell you how many patients come to my office and they are on these medications every single day, multiple times a day, Mm. or they use them to go to bed every night. And it's it's it it is mind boggling to me. So if you're taking those types of medications daily, I would so much rather my patients. You know, obviously I have them run it by their doctor, but I would so much rather have them smoke than than take this every day. Now things like SSRIs, so Zoloft, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
Celexa, and then the SNRIs, Wellbutrin, Cymbalta, those types of medications. Um, those are medications that are for anxiety and depression, not for episodic panic, which is what Xanax and all that is used for, episodic anxiety. When you're when you have anxiety, general anxiety, you know, or just you're always anxious, you need to be on one of those other types of medications that build up in your system to a therapeutic dose. And then, you know, be then continue on with your be able to, yes. right. Yes. I mean, if so those medications can really you have withdraw from them if you stop them suddenly. You can it's just it's a, it's a cycle you don't want to get involved in. And most most of my patients, they're they're either psychiatrists or primary care doctor. They don't do that, but they're every now and then you I get a patient that has been on these medications every day mm-hmm. for years and they wonder why <laughs> they the, feel the like cycle's that basically because, flipped on itself. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, so I, you know, I, I think it's great. I also, you know, I, there's a lot of medical conditions other than psychiatric where it's great for that too. So, um, I think whatever works for you, as long as it's safe, as long as you're using it safely, I'm, I'm all in favor of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and many have, and it's something I'd like to uh, eventually get into is more or less like even microdosing a lot of this. Yeah, stuff and getting into more the the edible side, which is probably better for my lungs anyway. You know, like you know, in, in the long run, there's always a downside to something. There's always going to be side effects to yeah. something, and nothing is nothing is going to be guaranteed to per, uh, be perfect. And like right. you said, making sure yep. that you're 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 trying a bunch of different things. And in and in terms of like, uh, I mean, I I it's it is so said so often, uh, and I'm not a workout person at all, so I. Uh, clearly, uh, but <laughs> there is like I love, I love walking and like uh, fortunate enough to be like around a ton of different places to do. Sometimes I, you know, to walk out my anxiety has helped me a lot too. And sometimes I'll start walking in Conshohocken or whatever it is, and end up very close to the city and be like, oh my god, I just walked four miles yeah. because I was in a groove and it was music and it just yeah. felt good and the endorphins and all that stuff. So you know, like. Yeah. I, my two biggest so, recommendations, so walking in pot. <laughs> Who knew? Yes. So yeah. sport, speaking of endorphins, if we go back to that chemical level, if people want to focus on that, you know, when people say, well, exercise, you'll feel better. I, you know, it's, you can't say that. To, I mean, you can, but the saying that to somebody who's anxious or depressed, it's like telling them to just like get over it and feel better. You, 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 you it doesn't work like that. So I, if you want to take it from a very, again, chemical level, when you do those types of activities, you're releasing endorphins. And, and what do endorphins do? They make you feel better and your cortisol decreases. So again, chemically speaking, your body is having, your body's changing whether you realize it or not. So um, back to kind of what I said before about your brain only being, you know, the pizza when you're anxious and depressed and your brain is completely filled up and you only have this much room left to, to think about other things and do other things, setting a goal like going to the gym, that may just be so damn much for you. You can't manage that right now. It's too much. So I tell people to set insultingly small goals. What I mean by that is you say you're going to go to the gym three days a week. 
I want you to go one day for 30 minutes. And all people say, well, I can do more than that. I get you can do more than that. But for right now, that's just let's do that because it's not about a it's not about you walking, actually. It's about a sense of mastery. I mean, the endorphins is about the walking, but for you cognitively and emotionally, it's a sense of mastery that you accomplished something. It's that that makes it more likely for you to do it again. You get that feeling by walking, but it's really about a sense of mastery, which is why during the pandemic, one of the things that I saw so often on Instagram and it would make my blood boil. And, and again, for those of you that follow me, you know that this was something that I, um, Oh, especially in your reels and TikToks and stuff like that. It is. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the five, uh, the five yeah things that people throw out there drives me nuts too. Yes. So, so, um, people when, okay. So people, when the pandemic hit, you would see all these things on Instagram, like, like, oh, I'm going to use this time to learn Latin and I'm going to use this time to like take up astronomy. And, and I'm sitting here going like, guys, this isn't a snow day. Like this isn't this isn't a, a welcomes break. This is a mandatory shutdown of our lives. And so you're worried about losing your job. You're not worried about losing your job in a snowstorm. You're worried about money. You're not worried about money in a snowstorm. You're 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 not thinking about your health during the snowstorm. So there was all of these variables that people were worrying about. And on top of that, people thought, okay, now that I'm home, I'm going to take up something that I've never done before that has such a significant learning curve at a time when I have no slices left in my brain. And so you're not going to do it well. You're going to have very little motivation to do it. You're going to set unrealistic goals and then you're going to fail. And then you're going to feel like crap even more so. And then you're not going to do any of it. So what I would tell people is if you didn't want to learn Latin before the pandemic, why on earth would you pick one of the most stressful collective trauma times in our lifetime, hopefully, <laughs> to pick up something so big and overwhelming and then and not usable <laughs> and not, right, not usable. and i know people are sitting here saying well like you know well isn't it a good thing to pick up something no it is it absolutely is if you have the cognitive resources to do so we're also in a pandemic that was had you know when you're dealing with trauma usually if it's a traumatic event there's a beginning a middle and the end and an end this type of collective trauma had no real beginning, no middle, no end. We don't know what's good for us, what's not. Is it vascular? Is it neurological? Is it respiratory? Should we get the one vaccine or the double dose? Is there a booster shot? Like, are you contagious? Or are you not contagious? Should we wear masks? Not. How come Philadelphia is, you know, Philadelphia is allowed to wear masks, but Montgomery County isn't? Like, you know, or not, you know, the opposite, but like, it yeah. makes no sense. None of this made sense. And, you know, as far as the restrictions, it was just so all over the place. So we're already uncertain about that. And because we are creatures of habit, we like to be able to predict what comes next. When we can't predict what comes next, we get anxious. We didn't have enough space in our brains to deal with an uncertain pandemic, financial concerns, job loss, health concerns, losing loved ones, and taking up like yoga all of a sudden five days a week. It just, it doesn't make any sense. So I have people keep their 
pre-existing, and this is as far as how do you identify anxiety, this kind of stuff, because it's hard to think like this when you don't know that there's other options available. So it's things like this you have to identify, oh, wait, I'm taking on too much. I'm doing it again. Um, And so I would tell people to keep as much of their pre-pandemic routine as possible, as long as it was safe and doable, and modify stuff. So, for example, if you were... um, you loved cooking, try new recipes. If you love doing yoga, try a different type of yoga. Trying a different type of yoga is so much is so much easier on your brain. Hot instead of cold. It's real simple. And, right? <laughs> and, and it's so much easier to get a sense of mastery from that mm. than taking up something where you don't have the ability to learn it well right now. Yeah, and, and I think there's yeah, like there's so much more to learn about the stuff you're in always that there's I, I, I agree completely. And as somebody that probably didn't follow that during the pandemic, because there's just like for a lot of different reasons. Too. Well, on social media, you see all these people saying, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And, you know, all influencers say, you know, they're like learning piano. And like it was it was so upsetting to me because like, great, you took a piano. But how how? <laughs> I couldn't. Yeah, I, I couldn't even. I didn't even know what day it was. I was yeah. doing live Instagram um, stories, and I was saying Happy Thursday. It was Sunday. Like wow. I, I didn't even know what day it was. Taking piano. I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then by the time you're not like you're saying, like done playing failed piano, your problems right. are still going to be there at the end. It's like, well, this didn't make me happy at all. And actually, just add another yeah. thing on onto my confidence, which is going to knock me down. It's like. Great. Now I can't even play yep. piano. And it's just another stupid thing that you can't just put to the side and focus and, on what you need to focus on. Well, that's the other thing, too. People think that the busier you are, the more productive you are. And in fact, um, just runs you down. Some Sometimes with certain people, the ones that seem like they're doing so much and they're just nonstop and on the go and they're so motivated. When you go to that other extreme, that's no different than avoiding doing something. Meaning you're doing, doing, doing all those things so that you don't have to stop and sit with your stuff. So it's the same function. It just is dressed up differently. Well, I think that's uh, a lot of fantastic information for for session one and just simply trying to (laughs) navigate exactly like what we need to be identifying more or less. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's a lot of different things that you can try to cope with it through medications, through medical marijuana, through working out, through, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, I mean, a lot of this is just what works best for you and and really trying to identify what that anxiety is chasing. And this is kind of my last story, as I will say there, too, because, like, I assumed during this pandemic, all my anxiety was to, like, I got to make sure I hold on to exactly all of my salary, my hours, like whatever we're doing, I got to hold on to that. That's what my anxiety is. And the moment my hours got cut when there was like literally no more room in this pandemic, this large pit in my stomach evaporated instantly. The moment they said, hey, we're going to reduce hours. Now I go, oh, and I felt relief. I felt relief, not like, you know, so so that whole process led me to started my own media company and doing all that other stuff and realizing, oh, this is what I really want. I was actually incredibly yes. unhappy here and I didn't realize yes. that. So it's stuff like that. What is your anxiety yes. telling you? Have some conversations about it. When, you, when you're sitting in the car, up at night, whatever it is, what is it that it's trying to tell you? I think that helps yes. 
from from the first from the first jump here. I saw a quote the other day that is exactly what you said. So I'll just kind of end it with that. But sometimes when we subtract things from our life, it actually adds things to our life. And we're so scared to let it go. But a lot of times when we let go of that stuff, we actually gain more control. Um, you know, the more we try to, it's the opposite. It's like the more, the more you try to control something more out of control, you actually can become. Um, and I think that's a, that's a perfect example. Happens, happens all the time. And, and just so you know, everybody, uh, this is not beer. This is actually a very funky uh, mountain water can. It's my good friends uh, out in California, a bunch of Philly guys. If it's around liquid death, your wonderful uh, mountain water that you can keep in the fridge and it doesn't kill a bunch of plastic bottles. So just didn't want everybody to know that this is not this is just this is just, you know, keeping the pipes fresh. That's all. So, uh, Dr. Z, thank you so much uh, for all of this. You do so much great work on all of your social platforms on your website uh tell everybody where you know they can find you again in case they don't yes um so again every sunday night eight o'clock um john and i will be doing an instagram live and then podcast the next day podcast the next day i don't know how it gets there (laughs) he knows that i don't um, but it will somehow end up there tomorrow Um, so make sure you subscribe to that and then um, you can find me on Instagram, Dr. Dr. Period Z underscore psychologist. Um, my website, drjamiezuckerman.com. Um, and also on my website, I have a lot of workshops and courses that I do that you can um, buy and download and have. And um, just a lot of great resources on there. And, you know, I'm, I do a lot of these lives. So just kind of follow along and join in when you want. Absolutely. And if you like uh, a lot of these lives and you have a passion inside hustle and podcasting, streaming, stuff like that, that's what I do. And that's why I love working uh, with Dr. Z because we can do stuff like this. Uh, lastoutmedia.com. Uh, we, I'm a person that quit this job in the middle of, well, one for this a pandemic, but uh, to get into podcasting itself, I quit my nine to five job. So I know exactly what you are going through in terms of like. Tell them what you did, John. I Tell a, them what your job was. Well, I took a I took a podcast uh, from this little old thing and then made it a big old thing and then got a radio job out of that at uh, two of the biggest stations in Philadelphia. So that's that's part of that anxiety drive and things that, you know, where you're feeding the beast. It comes along. And I think it's really important for people to, to recognize that stuff. Uh, I also think that uh, people get told a lot of the time you can't do something and it's foolish. So this is a place where, you know, not dreams. It's not Disneyland. I don't know if your dreams are going to come true, but we're going to get you on the right path to wherever your content needs. So we appreciate everybody hanging out. Uh, If you're listening, watching this live on the replay, we uh, can't thank you enough for all the support because this is this is really important to me. We know it's important to Dr. Z and I think it's uh, our our goal together to kind of normalize all this stuff together and make sure everyone's getting as much help as possible. So thank you for tuning in. Dr. Z, we'll see you next Sunday. Same bad time, same yes. bad channel. Yes. All right. Thank you so thank much, guys. You. And uh, we'll see you real soon. Okay. We'll play your uh, what we think is your supposed theme music right on out of here. <laughs> and we'll get, we'll get going, okay? Well, we appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you uh, next Sunday. Have a good night.